Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free. Welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the economics of production machining. Are you a member of the Speed or Feed tribe? Welcome, Carly. Well, thank you, Miles. I think that is the first time I've ever heard of the word or between feed and speed. I've always heard feed and speed, feed and speed, they go together. So you're saying speed or feed. Exactly. So what's, what's our preference? What's our preference? Or do, we, do we lean towards increasing speed? Are we about speed? Or are we about taking material off? by taking a heavier fee, that's the or. That's the or. That's okay. the or. They to are achieve used the same results? To achieve the same result, but as we, I hope to, to make the case that there are consequences if you lean or prefer one over the other to the detriment of the other. Again, so there's like or. Pros, and, pros and cons of each tribe. Pro, pros, and, pros and cons. And the question is, are, are you a proponent of higher speeds? Or are you a proponent of taking the doggone material off by having a healthy feed? Okay, well, before that, do we have to talk about the actual process itself? Well, I, I, think, we, I think we should. So the fact of this, it, from an engineer's point of view, it doesn't matter. As long as I get it off, I get it off, right? I just cut it off. Right. Right? Tool, applied tool, chips in the barrel, here's my part. Look, I have a part. Right. Unfortunately, somebody's got to pay us to do that. And they sure don't want to pay us by the stroke of a file to take off a quarter of an inch off the diameter or to get that hole in. They want, they want a bargain. They want a, a low cost. They don't want to overpay for the functionality that they're buying when they ask us to produce a part, a component. So one of the factors, is it material or no? Well, so the material is actually one of the factors we have no control. Okay. The customer says it's got to be made out of oh, yeah, okay. 303. Well, I'd rather make it out of 1144. Guess what? <laughs> this, that's not going to work, right? So. The materials are given. They're going to give the, the opportunity to produce this to me. They'll give it to another shop. They'll give it to somebody else. They may put it, post it online to some auction place. Who knows, right? Okay. The, the winning bid, the, winning, the person who gets the job will be the one who does it most cost effectively, most economically. So I'm going to guess that non-production, like fixed costs, those aren't a factor in this discussion either. Well, the, the fixed costs are taken into account. Like the non-operating costs. Right. But they're what I have. I, I, don't have, I don't have any discretion on those other than, you know, moving to a different zip code. Right. So, and it doesn't really fit in this conversation. No. Because we're talking about, okay, so then what about tooling? Well, tooling is, I think, a, a more important factor than many of our shops realize. And tooling, it impacts our analysis 
as tooling is most affected by the speeds that we choose. So if you're a speed person, my argument is that because you tend to use higher speeds, you wear out tools faster. Your tools wear out faster because of higher heat, because of the increased speed. They are abraded faster because more material is going by in every unit of time. So I've got frictional heat, I've got frictional wear, and I've got higher tool costs if I'm biased towards higher speeds. So tooling is actually uh, a response variable to our choice about speed or feed. What about the cost to change the tool, or is it just the tool itself? Well, so that's, that's, that's a, a great point too, Carly. So our uptime, our efficiency, I schedule for 60 minutes in an hour, but if I'm down, you know, four minutes, three times in an hour to change the tool, change an insert, replace a drill, whatever, uh, all of a sudden I've lost, you know, maybe 12 minutes, maybe 20% of my so-called quoted time. So uh, I don't want to change tools more than I have to. I've, I've got lots of production time. I've got the, the employee's wage to do that. I'm not being paid for that. And I've got the higher expense for the tool. I need another tool. I need five tools instead of four. Maybe I need six tools instead of three. So that, that's in the tribe of speed? That's, that's a tribe of feed thing. So Tribe of, wait, which one? Tribe of speed. Speed, okay. Speed, right? So as speed increases, my tooling costs increase directly. I use more tools. Uh, they, they wear the high temperature. They, they, they no longer cut as, as well for as long. And I've got the downtime to replace them. So higher speed, my tool costs increase. So I think I'm doing a, a, myself a favor, a bargain, by having a shorter machine time, cycle time. Right. But in reality, my tool costs are increasing and my available machine time to quote is being reduced by all that downtime. Okay, so do we cover all the tool stuff? Yeah, I think so. Frictional wear, mm -hmm. frictional heat, downtime, and the cost of the tool itself um, and cost to repair. Yeah, I mean, you know, to adjust. Okay, so then tell me the difference between the two tribes, the speed and or feed tribe. Okay, so the speed people are right when they say that what I am selling is time on my machines. So if I can do it in less time, I make more money. Okay. And I agree with that first sentence. That they sell the time. Yeah. Okay. What we sell on is the time on our machines. Absolutely agree with that. So what's wrong with the second sentence? Well, it's not complete. It's not the whole truth. We also sell the cost of our tooling, the cost of our downtime. We've got the cost of, you know, the, the labor to change the tool, which is not the same as labor making parts that I can bill for. So it's a truth, but it's not the complete truth. It is, the speed argument is purely economic, mm -hmm. and falsely so because it's not the whole economics. The feed tribe, I think, is closer to it. We're about stock removal. How do we remove the most amount of material in the most cost-effective way? And my argument is heavier feed. I'm, I'm not 
abusing the tools. I'm, I'm getting the material off. I'm not running at the highest, highest temperature so high that the tool edge can't survive it. So the tribe of feed is kind of like a steady as she goes and I'm going to get the parts out and yeah. the most efficient way and that's the, the definition of success? Absolutely. So the tribe of feed is actually, they're worried about getting the most parts at the end of the day. Okay. The tribe of speed is, how many parts can I get this minute, this hour? And by, by concentrating on it as a sprint, they're, they're burning through shoes, right? <laughs> the tribe of feed is like at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, all the parts will comply because my tools were steady. I didn't have, oh, now I've got to go back and count the last 40 because my tool got ahead of me because I, it was too hot and too, too fast. So it's, it's really about steady state and that kind of economics. All right, so speed is the sprint and feed is the marathon. marathon. Absolutely marathon. And marathon's more economical. Uh, it's it optimized all the parameters, not just time. So I'm concentrating on not just minimizing my operating time by, by fast speeds, but I'm also optimizing the length of life on the tool. I'm optimizing how many minutes out of an hour my machine is actually making parts, not a butt facing out of the machine and a head changing tools and inserts in the machine, right? I, I really don't want to see the doors open and a human in the machine work zone, right? Right. And the tribe of feed, they get it set up, they, they run and they just run and it's steady state. They aren't surprised by sudden tool failures because their temperatures aren't in that danger zone. So it's more predictable. It's more predictable. It's more consistent, in, in my opinion. Well, the logic makes sense yeah. to me. So our process of providing parts, it's a marathon. The, the goal is the most parts at the end of the day. So how do I do that? I maximize tool life and that's, that's what does it, and I do that with speed and speed properly balanced so that I get a decent, you know, a decent cycle time, but I maximize my tool life. And so I don't get any sudden surprises. I minimize my downtime, and I maximize steady state conditions in the cutting zone so I don't have constant adjustments Whereas with high speed, maybe I get buildup edge, maybe it goes away, I gotta over adjust, under adjust. It's, it's, to me, it's slow and steady wins the race. And that's feed, not speed. So this is kind of triggering something. Didn't you tell me about a, a post on LinkedIn from a guy who attended your um, how to read a chip session at the tech conference? Well, <laughs> yeah, so Darren Baker at Pindell Global Precision was was in the chip session and he went back i mean this literally was the week after our tech conference yeah and he posts on linkedin that uh he changed the feed to in, increase the feed because the chips were were uh, long and they weren't what they should have been based on a proper balance of feed and speed 
So he increased the feed to get the chips back into control for, for what it would look like properly balanced, saved over half a shift of production time, over 18,000 parts. Whoa. So you can multiply whatever you think half a shift of machine time is worth, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 10 bucks, a buck 280, I don't care. But half a shift, four times that, by just increasing the fee to skosh. Wow. Yeah, and we gotta we gotta believe that that means he didn't have to change a tool right. a couple times in those four hours. I mean, if you're rotating an insert, you know, every 15 minutes, and now he, I mean, if he cut that, and you get 18,000 more half pounds, a sh- half a shift. Wow. Half a shift, less time. That's high number of parts. It's a great real life story. So I want to thank Darren Baker at Pindell Global Precision for one, attending the conference, two, paying attention to our chip session, and three, going right back and putting it into practice, <laughs> peeling half a shift off of production time. And Bill Berrien at Global Precision, thank you for sending, for investing in your performers to get that kind of payback. I mean, literally. Within a week. Within, within a week of attendance of our conference. Wow. So half a shift saved on 18,000 parts. That's awesome. I'm going to do a quick pitch because we have your How to Read a Chip and many other tech conference sessions available on pmpa.org for our members. So if you missed it, you should go check it out. Absolutely. And, uh, well, you'll never look at chips the same way again. I heard that over and over again. It was also in the evaluations. It was definitely an eye-opener for people. But to bring it back to our feeds or speed, so our listeners, they need to to what realize what tribe they're in? Well, I think they need to define winning. And winning isn't, we don't get the checkered flag because we have the fastest cycle time. Mm-hmm. Nobody pays us for the fastest cycle time. They may order from us based on this illusion of the fastest cycle time. What they pay us for is compliant components in the box at the end of the day. Right. They see the result. They don't see how the sausage is made. That's right. So the cycle time may it may convince them to give us the order, but they don't want fast parts. They want the right parts. They want the right parts. And that means that we need to define winning as consistent, steady state production processes that optimize, balance the time required to make the part, the tool cost to make the part and minimize the waste of material and, and minimize the waste of non-productive time, whether it's changing tools, repairing a crash, inspecting parts because the edge got lost because it was too hot. So that's the real difference. The second step then becomes to you in the shop, whether you're the owner, the manager, sales, or what have you, which tribe do you belong? And that person working alongside of you, are they in the same tribe? And are you in the right tribe? You know, does your engineering and shop culture, are they pushing cycle time? Does your sales pushing cycle time because it's easier to bring in a, an order with, with low cycle time? Well, what if you get that order with low cycle time and then to actually produce it to print, <laughs> compliant, and to not have wrecks, 
your cycle time is now 20 percent uh, expanded. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that, that the whole culture needs to think the same way for that to work properly. Right. The whole company needs to be in one tribe. And if sales is selling the speed tribe pitch, hey, time on our machines. And what quality department is going to reject for is that inconsistent delivery because a new tool makes a totally different finish than a, a burned out tool. Right. Why not have everybody in a tribe where we're optimizing for tool, we're optimizing for time, uptime on the machine, we're optimizing for the most parts that comply at the end of the shift, not just that I hit my number at between eight and nine. Right. No, I, it's great. It gives you something to think about. I, I really, I, did, I thought of what my thinking was. It didn't occur to me that everybody else needed to think that way. Everybody needs to think the same way to achieve the goal. It's about sound bites, Carly. And I was the guy. I mean, I've gone through my career in, in PMPA telling people we don't sell parts. We sell time on our machines. And that is true, but it is partially true. We also sell the downtime of our machines. We also sell the tool replacement. We sell all these costs. So the time on our machines is one indicator, and I think we need to be healthy, choose wisely, and choose an indicator that represents the true, true production capability of our shop. And it's not seconds per part. It's parts per day compliant, on time, consistent parts per day. And that wraps up today's podcast on the economics of production machining. Are you in the speed or feed tribe? Choose wisely. Thank you for joining us. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org where you can also search for articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources like the technical conference recorded sessions. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast because you don't want to miss one. And if you aren't already taking advantage of PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see all we have to offer. And why is a PMPA membership important, Carly? Because, because we, we are, are better, better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles. <laughs>